Welcome to hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 The Answer, Columbus, 94.5 in Dayton. And you must get out in the rain today and vote. Yes. Democratic primary for governor between Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley, Cincinnati Mayor John Cranley, and the big, big race that everybody's watching, the Ohio Senate race, Josh Mandel, J.D. Vance, Jane Timken, Mike Gibbons, Matt Dolan, all hoping to get the right to succeed Rob Portman on the ballot in November and run against what will unquestionably be Tim Ryan. And we have a candidate who began on top of the polls, who's never wavered far from the polls. And I don't even know if the polls are right because there's a lot of undecideds out there, but he is running hard at the finish line. Josh Mandel joins us now. Hello, Josh. Thanks for your time on the final day. I guess no rest for campaigning even on primary day. No rest. Uh, No one's going to outwork me on a campaign, but more importantly, when I get into the U.S. Senate, no one will outwork me uh, standing up for the Constitution and and fighting for the people of Ohio. As I've discussed on your show, Bruce, many times, I'm a fighter. Uh, In the ilk of Jim Jordan, in the ilk of Ted Cruz, I am a fighter, a fighter for the Constitution, a fighter for religious liberty, and a fighter for protecting life from conception to natural death. I'm sure you've been talking on your show today about uh, the news that leaked out of the Supreme Court about overturning Roe. If, in fact, this is true, I think it's a uh, joyful and beautiful day for America and for countless uh, babies who will now have amazing lives in front of them. Yeah, and it's uh, also, though, an extremely sad day for the sanctity of the rule of law, checks and balances, because this is not something that happens accidentally, Josh, as you well know. Uh, This is an affront, never happened before, should never happen, and uh, I just I heard Senator Cruz, who's endorsed you, talking about how awful this is. I wanted to give you your chance to comment on uh, someone left leaning uh, all the way. They're not leaning. They're all the way in on the left, uh, releasing this apparent rendering by the court before it's uh, finalized and due to be released. Well, by the leftist or leftists who uh, coordinated to leak this, I think They did it with one mission in mind. It is to incite mob rule. Hmm. Mob rule, in my mind, is a declaration of war on America, a declaration of war on the American family, a declaration of war on our freedom, and a declaration of war, as you mentioned, on rule of law and on the Constitution. Uh, But this is part of the left's playbook, Bruce. You think about what they're doing on the border. They're inciting mob rule. You think about what they've done with Antifa and Black Lives Matter going after police. They incited mob rule. And so this is the playbook of the left. It's the playbook of socialists. And I think they leaked this out of the Supreme Court to incite mob rule in this country. And in my personal opinion, I'm hopeful that the federal authorities focus a ton of resource and attention on investigating this and prosecuting to the fullest extent of the law whoever was behind this leak. Because as you mentioned, you know, this is a total affront and attack on rule of law. And something that separates America from so many other countries around the globe is that we were founded on a bedrock of Judeo-Christian values, and we were founded on a foundation of rule of law. Josh Mandel is our guest running for the Republican Senate nomination. You can find out more about Josh on his official website, Josh Mandel, M-A-N-D-E-L, joshmandel.com. His Twitter is at Josh Mandel Ohio. 
So, again, I say, Josh, I don't know what stock to put in the polls, but the reports are that Matt Dolan has been surging in recent days, and this drives me crazy because I never understood why uh, Josh, uh, why uh, Matt was not called out for his co-sponsorship of the Equality Act in the Ohio General Assembly. I don't, and I know you don't, support any persecution of anyone but to install protected class for LGBTQ plus citizens would be an affront to anybody who lives their life, wants to run their business according to Christian principles. So in hindsight, uh, did Dolan get a pass because none of you guys took him seriously at the time where you really had him on stage and could have held his feet to the fire on that? Well, you got to remember, Bruce, uh, Dolan used to be a Democrat. Yeah. Um, He still has Democrat tendencies. Um, you know, his support for the quote unquote Equality Act and all of this transgender craziness, um, like that's who he is. And, you know, we don't want Matt Dolan anywhere near the United States Senate. Um, he is dangerous for Ohio and for our country. Uh, similarly, we don't want J.D. Vance anywhere near the U.S. Senate. Uh, you know, I think he's a big tech sleeper cell. He spent most of his life out there in Silicon Valley. And I think big tech is really behind uh, the total affront and attack on our freedom of speech. And now they're coming after freedom of speech, but pretty soon they're going to be coming after freedom of religion. And my personal uh, opinion is that if we do not have religious freedom in this country, then we have no freedom whatsoever. And, you know, something that separates me, Josh Mandel, from the rest of the candidates running is that for me, when I talk about being pro-life, when I talk about standing up for religious liberty, when I talk about standing up for Judeo-Christian values, for all my opponents, it's just talk. For me, I've actually done it before. I've got the scars. I've got the battle wounds from taking on Planned Parenthood, taking on NARAL, taking on all these abortionists who've been murdering babies. I have the scars from taking on the Republican Speaker of the House when he was trying to stop pastors from being able to pray in Jesus' name on the floor of the House, I said to the Republican Speaker, I said, wait a second, this is the people's house. We should allow pastors to come into this house, and and anyone can come into this house and give any prayer they want. We're a country based on the freedom of religion, not the freedom from religion. And I had Republicans and Democrats attacking me, but I stood up for pastors' right to, to pray in the state house. When Kasich was governor, I was the only statewide official who had the courage to be for the pro-life heartbeat bill. And you had all these wimpy, squishy Republicans, Kasich, you know, turned out to be a Democrat, but a lot of these wimpy, squishy Republicans who said they were pro-life when they were campaigning. But when it came down to standing up for life or standing up for the unborn for supporting the heartbeat bill, they were nowhere to be found. And I was at the pointy tip of the spear working to pass the pro-life heartbeat bill. And so, you know, my opponents, they can talk, 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 but I am the only person in this race, Bruce, who's actually been there in the trenches on the pro-life movement, been there in the trenches fighting for religious liberty. And like I mentioned earlier, if your listeners, anyone listening out there, if you want another Jim Jordan, if you want another Ted Cruz in Washington fighting for the people of Ohio, then then you should support my candidacy. Uh, it's joshmandel.com, J-O-S-H-M-A-N-D-E-L.com. I'm running my campaign through churches instead of through Republican Party groups. And uh, we actually just had a, a few church town halls with Ted Cruz has endorsed me. Over the weekend, we were at uh, High Street Baptist Church in Columbus. We were at Victory Christian in Dayton. We were at Solid Rock Church in Cincinnati. We were at Northwest Baptist in Toledo. And I'm proud to have the support 
of not only Senator Cruz, but here in Ohio, Ohio Values Voters, which is one of the leading family values groups in the state. And also, of course, I am the only candidate to be endorsed by the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. Josh, you've been good with your time, very uh, generous with it to come on the show. I hope that will continue if you win the primary and end up running in the fall. I appreciate it. I wish you well and safety today in your travels. I know you're traversing the state, so thanks for your time again. Bruce, thank you for everything you do to stand up for family values, for the Constitution, and for religious freedom. I know you've been uh, at the the head of the fight, and uh, we all appreciate it. It's made me almost as popular as you with some people. (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, when the when the liberal media attacks you and me, when the Democrats and the leftists attack you and me, we wear it as a badge of honor. You know, it, it means we're hovering over the target. Yeah, very true. Josh, thanks again for your time. Take care. now. There you go. Josh Mandel running for Senate state of Ohio. So we've given everybody a voice for those of you who say, well, you haven't given Matt Dolan a voice. Matt Dolan and his campaign know they were. Very, very, very free to come on this show anytime. He did not want to come on because he knew the interview would be about what he was not asked on the campaign trail, which was how can you truly be an authentic conservative and want to force Christian businesses to make wedding cakes for gay weddings or to employ, if you're in the funeral business, okay, And you have an employee who decides they want to transition to a different sex than they were born. If Matt Dolan's Equality Act goes through in the state of Ohio, you will have no recourse but to hire that person because LGBTQ plus will be a protected class. So he wouldn't come on the show because his nonsensical explanation for it is that, well, it'll retard business from coming to Ohio. Businesses won't want to relocate to Ohio. I got news for you. Intel is coming to the state of Ohio to the tune of a $20 billion investment. The entire east side of the rural area beyond Columbus is going to change dramatically because of Intel's arrival in central Ohio with other businesses and jobs. And we can't even begin to fathom how it's going to change. Do we have the Equality Act in the state of Ohio? No, we do not. Intel from Silicon Valley did they say, we're not coming because you don't have the Equality Act? No, they did not. So that is a bogus justification for Matt Dolan. And if you're a Republican, you cannot vote for Matt Dolan. So most of our topic today has been related to the egregious leak from some ideologue in the Supreme Court. Let me just tell you how Supreme Court rulings happen. You get a ruling from the court when it's released, but they don't just meet in the morning, go into a room, show of hands, how are we going to rule? You'll notice that every ruling comes with a long and reasoned written justification for the ruling. They cite previous cases, they delve deeply into the law, cite the Constitution, unless of course it's you know something from Kagan or Sotomayor, then probably not. But uh, this is a process that takes months, not weeks. They meet after oral arguments. They put on the table how they feel about the case, what their legal justifications are. And then the chief justice, John Roberts, assigns someone to write the majority opinion. 
and someone to write the minority opinion. In this case, it was clear after arguments in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Center, which is a case out of Mississippi, where Mississippi outlawed abortions after 15 weeks because they believe that babies in the womb are viable to live outside the womb at 15 weeks. That is how far we have come in our country. 15 weeks is just past three months, okay? Used to be that you could get an abortion without any kind of pushback from anyone after 24 weeks, six months into a pregnancy. So now we can essentially know that a fetus is viable in about half the time that it used to be fine to abort them. And the Democrats would like to abort them at any point, even if they survive the abortion and are born alive. So back to the Supreme Court process. They decide who's going to give an opinion, and then they write an opinion, and then they circulate the opinion around. And the people who are on the side agreeing with the opinion will say, "Eh, I'm not really sure your legal argument here is very good, or I think your legal argument here could be bolstered, or I would take this out, or I would put this in. Well, this opinion that was released, leaked to someone, published by Politico, this is a preliminary opinion. But it is quite likely the rendering that the court will have when it issues the opinion, if it does now, on the normal course of the timetable expected, in the month of July. So, we have most of May, June, and however much time in July before they release the rule. So we have a good eight weeks of time for this histrionic reaction from the left to foment and sow and grow seeds of discord in our country to energize their depressed voters who can't fathom how they could possibly go to the polls in November and vote for a party that has embarrassed us on the international stage with a feckless withdrawal from Afghanistan that is imperiling the safety of our country with a blinking neon vacancy sign on the southern border, ruined or progressed toward ruining our middle class with astronomical gas prices, food prices, and would love to take the authority of parents over their children to uh, raise them with the values that the parents have, they would love to take that authority away from the parents. In fact, they would like to bend the minds of kids to indoctrinate them in all kinds of twisted sexual ideology and practices as young as possible. If you think I'm exaggerating... uh, Ask your elementary school child if they've ever been exposed to a coloring exercise that is frequently assigned throughout schools in the state of Ohio in what's called the gender unicorn. The gender unicorn. Yes, we are, if the left gets its way, teaching kids that though you might have been born a boy, you're not really a boy if you feel like a girl. Remember tomboys? I married a tomboy. She grew out of her tomboy stage into a beautiful, mature, wise, godly woman. 
But back when she was growing up in the 1970s, if today's mindset in gender ideology had existed, the fact that she wanted to play on the soccer team and there was no girl soccer team would have given some whack job the justification to say, you know, you're born a girl, but you really are inside a boy. The argument that I always make against transgenderism for those new listeners on 94.5 in Dayton is that the prism of life through which I view all events is that of someone who believes in a holy, authoritative, sovereign God. If you believe in God, the question I would have for you is, what kind of God do you believe in? Do you believe in a God who makes mistakes? Because if you believe in a God who makes mistakes, I would ask you, why do you worship that kind of a God? Like, what makes him God if he's prone to mistakes? So my argument has to start with the fact that God is, as Jesus said to the disciples, when he ascended into heaven while issuing the Great Commission, what did he say first? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. So he is infallible. He's perfect. Okay? So he does not make, and he is loving. So a loving God would not subject, subject one child to the torment of being born the wrong sex while making myriad other children the right sex. That would not be a loving act. And a perfect God would not make the mistake of making someone the wrong sex unintentionally. So that is why I can't get on board with the transgender ideology. Now, the other thing I would ask you, if the transgender ideology is not political, can you show me a conservative Republican voter who is authentically convinced that their children's gender dysphoria issues are such that they need to be subjected to top surgery or chemical castration? Why is it only the most liberal and leftist parents who are convinced that their children are immersed in a genuine gender confusion? I would submit to you that the fact that you can't find a conservative Republican parent to authenticate their child's gender dysphoria proves that it is politically driven. Politically driven because the whacked ideology of the transgenderists match their whacked, twisted worldview. 